everyone, and welcome to episode five of the Royal One Podcast, the podcast that empowers you to discover your purpose, embrace your identity, and engage faith tenaciously. I'm your host, Dr. Lysandra Barnes, life coach, Bible teacher, author, and founder of Royal One Enterprise. I am so excited to be with you, and I hope you are all having a wonderful day. With October being recognized as Domestic Violence Awareness Month, I will be dedicating the next few episodes to discussing domestic violence. Domestic abuse is one of the most complex topics to discuss because it is multifaceted and surrounded with guilt and shame. So in this episode, I will be providing a clear definition of domestic violence, how someone gets involved into abusive relationships, and some tools to help you and others overcome the guilt and shame caused by domestic abuse. The topic of domestic violence hits close to home because I am actually a survivor and I want to be a voice to the women who are struggling through this and not sure exactly what to do. I want you to know that you are loved, you are wanted, you deserve better than what you are receiving. Abuse is never okay. You cannot justify why he's doing the things he's doing to you. But I want you to know in the next few episodes, I'm going to walk you through my journey and help empower you to finally love yourself enough to walk away or make a change in your life. So are you guys ready to go on a journey of empowerment? Then let's go. Domestic abuse is one of the most horrific acts a person can inflict on another human being. The type of abuse has multiple ways of exposing itself, causing damaging and long-lasting effects on every person involved. Statistics show that domestic violence is the leading cause of injury to women between the ages of 15 and 44 in the United States. And that's more than car accidents, muggings, and rapes combined. The number of women who have experienced or been affected by domestic violence is astronomical. According to statistics on domestic violence, every nine seconds, a woman in the U.S. is assaulted or beaten. Now, domestic violence is not only a problem in the United States, but it's also a problem in other countries. Based on reports from 10 countries, between 55% and 95% of women who have been physically abused by their partners had never contacted a non-governmental organization, shelter, or the police for help. Now, I want to say this, and I want to say it loud and clear. Abuse does not begin with major offenses. Abuse starts with small incidents. So now here's the question. So what is domestic abuse or domestic violence? Domestic abuse is a pattern of abusive behaviors in any relationship caused by one partner to gain power and control over the other intimate partner. This includes any behavior that intimidates, manipulates, humiliates, isolates, frightens, terrorizes, coerce, threaten, blame, hurt, injure, or wound someone else. Okay. Now, I want you to know something. Abuse does not just happen. It is a learned behavior and you can learn to either give it or you can learn to receive it. Now, I want to say that again. Abuse does not just happen. It is a learned behavior and you can learn to either give it or receive it. For years, physical abuse has been viewed as the only form of domestic violence because it's the most obvious to detect. Now, there are other forms of abuse that exist, but they do not leave visible markings but are yet just as painful. There are actually nine different types of abuse. And the first one is the staple, of course, which is physical abuse. And that includes hitting, slapping, shoving, grabbing, pinching, biting, hair pulling. Uh, These types of abuse also include denying your partner medical care or forcing alcohol or drugs upon them. 
that's physical abuse. So the second type of abuse is psychological and it causes fear by intimidation, threatening physical harm to itself or partner, children or partner's family or friends, destructive of pets and property, enforcing isolation from family, friends, school, work. This is the one that doesn't exactly do something to you, but it just plays in your mind. So like if they posture over you, if they, you know, give you that certain look, that's psychological abuse. Number three, emotional abuse. This undermines an individual's sense of self-worth or self-esteem. This may include, but it's not limited to constant criticism, diminishing one's abilities, name calling, damaging a relationship with their son or daughter. Number four, verbal abuse. Verbal abuse includes put downs, name calling, shouting, swearing, abusive jokes, threats, the silent treatment, continual arguing, belittling, controlling conversations, countering or discounting someone, criticizing and blaming. That's all in verbal abuse. And a lot of times we think our conversation is okay, but we're actually being abusive with the things that we're saying. Sexual abuse is coercing or attempting to coerce any sexual contact or behavior without consent. Sexual abuse includes, but is not limited to marital rape, attacks on sexual parts of the body, forcing sex after physical violence has occurred, or treating one in a sexually demeaning manner. Now here's one most people didn't know that was abuse, financial abuse. And that's defined as making or attempting to make an individual financially dependent by maintaining total control over financial resources, withholding one's access to money or forbidding one's attendance to school or employment. Spiritual abuse. Spiritual abuse is misusing scriptures or God to control or abuse. You're negatively affecting someone's image of themselves or God, demanding submission and obedience, questioning someone's salvation and not letting them go or making them go to church. Property abuse includes punching walls, punching doors, kicking or hitting furniture, throwing things, destroying things, slamming the door, pounding the table, sabotaging the car, destroying the cell phone, or pulling cords out of the wall. And then last but not least is animal abuse. Animal abuse is kicking the dog, throwing the cat, harming or killing an animal, threatening to get rid of the pet, neglect, or not feeding or watering your pet, or throwing things at your animal. Now, these are all ways that abuse can be seen. And like I said, the first one was physical abuse where you can actually see that, right? But the other ones, those don't leave visible markings, but they are just as painful as physical abuse because what you're doing is you're, you're degrading their self-esteem and self-worth. You're changing that mindset. So after a woman experiences or been exposed to domestic violence, her mind, body, and soul is shattered. She will be exhibiting some distinct characteristics. Mentally, she'll be depressed, untrusting. She'll possess low self-esteem. She'll become a people pleaser. She'll take responsibility for others' actions, believing that if she changes herself, she can fix her partner. And she'll also exhibit extreme amounts of fear. Ultimately, she feels guilty because she's allowed herself to be placed in such a horrible situation. She may even possess physical problems within her body. Some women become anorexic or bulimic or obese. Some struggle with insomnia, alcoholism, or even hair loss. And then spiritually, she will believe that in order to please God, she must remain in this dysfunctional relationship. You guys, it is so important for us to really, really, really 
get help because domestic violence is not okay. If you or someone you know is involved in an abusive relationship, there is help available. Please call 1-800-799-SAFE or 7233. Again, that number is 1-800-799-7233 or go to their website, www.thehotline.org. All right. So now I want to answer a question that most people have. How does someone get involved in an abusive situation? I know people ask me that question over and over because they knew me as this very strong put together woman. How did I end up in an abusive relationship? And I say this over and over and over. Abuse does not just happen. It is a learned behavior. You can learn to either give it or you learn to receive it. And I learned how to receive it. Now, domestic abuse is about power and control. It's not specific to a particular socioeconomic status, ethnicity, gender, religion, sexual orientation, or lifestyle. Anybody can find themselves in this type of relationship for multiple reasons. And some of those reasons may include unmet childhood needs, you've experienced trauma or abuse, you possess low self-esteem or self-worth, you have a fixed mentality, or you are attracted to that emotionally unavailable man. So a person who has unmet childhood needs, a woman involved in abusive relationships grow up in a dysfunctional home and did not receive adequate love from their parents. And women who love too much, Sandra Norwood classifies these women as women who love too much. She says that these women typically come from dysfunctional homes in which their emotional needs were not met. The emotional needs does not only refer to their need for love and affection, but their perception and feelings were largely ignored or denied rather than being accepted and validated. Since the emotional needs of the woman has not been validated, the woman will try to feel the unmet need vicariously by becoming a caregiver, especially to men who appear to be in some way needy. Okay. If you've experienced trauma or abuse, you are a person who had endured a very devastating circumstance that affected you emotionally. It could have been a death of a parent, a sibling, a close relative, a family friend. It could have been the trauma of your parents' divorce, being violated by a trusted person, being abused, or even having a critical parent. Now, what's a critical parent? A critical parent always finds a reason when their child does something wrong or how they can improve. So they're always shifting the goal line. So they can never be successful. They're always pointing out what is wrong with that person. They never uplift them. And I also found that if you are experiencing emotional trauma, it can cause you to stop maturing emotionally. So if you have a trauma that happened when you were 13 years old and you never dealt with it, and now you're 30 years old and you find yourself in a challenging situation that triggers you, your emotional reaction will be that of a 13 year old instead of a person that's 30. So I want you to take a second and think about how do you respond to uncomfortable positions or if you're in an argument, how do you respond? Do you throw stuff? Do you stomp around? Do you scream? Do you holler? Do you try and hit people? Would that response be one of a child? an adolescent, a teenager maybe, think about that. And if you have the traumatic events you haven't dealt with, go get a counselor and talk through those emotions so that you can heal because that is very important. 
Now, another reason why someone could be involved in abusive relationship would be because they possess low self-esteem and self-worth. Now, this is a person that can be indecisive. When allowed to make a choice, they are consumed with fear of the horrid consequences of disappointing, hurting, or even angering themselves or others. They may be afraid or ashamed of exposing their true selves to the world, so they hide behind a mask. They are in a perpetual state of performance anxiety that leads them to a sense of inauthenticity. They also compare themselves and unfairly um, to everyone that they know, see, or even hear about. You know what? They even predict their own failure by aiming low when setting goals for themselves. And lastly, they believe that their fate is left in the hands of others and expecting that person to judge them even more harshly than they would judge themselves. Mm -hmm. Another reason could be that they have a fix it mentality. A fix it mentality puts the needs of everyone else before your own needs. And you take on the role of a counselor. You have this like Messiah complex feeling like I need to fix everybody's problems. Come to me. I can take care of it. Tell me what's going on. You know, it's like you attract people into one-sided relationships because you don't trust anybody. So you see the person that has great potential and they can be awesome, but they need a little work. So they become your project. And so you utilize your nurturing abilities to fix these men or fix these women, but you're unwilling to take that same effort to fix yourself. You're so focused on what everybody else is doing that you don't want to fix your own life. This person always wonders, why do people leave after I've spent so much time investing in their well-being? Like I get you all ready to go to somebody else. And that's because you are a fixer. You want to be Jesus. You want to turn it all around. And I'm here to tell you, the only person you can fix is yourself. That is it. Because when you get in that space of feeling like you are a fixer, then you will always attract a person that will never stay in your life. But then you will also attract a man that will want to control you. Now, another reason would be that you're attracted to the emotionally unavailable man. And the emotionally unavailable man he is, listen to this, y'all. This is so interesting. He is a man of mystery or he could have the bad boy image. He's unable to connect with you emotionally. He tends to keep you at an arm's length when it comes to your personal lives. He gives you just enough information to keep you holding on, but it also intrigues you because you want to figure him out. He's a charmer. He'd tell you everything you want to hear, but he rarely delivers on any of the promises that he's made to you. He possesses a limited amount of affection. He'll start out showing ample amount of affection, but then he'll slowly but surely start taking that affection away. Emotionally unavailable men prefer to become sexually familiar rather quickly. They prefer to focus on sexual intimacy than being emotionally close. They're also elusive. Only being available when it's convenient for them. They'll disappear for long periods of time with no regular contact and then come back like nothing ever happened. And lastly, their words and actions are not congruent. They'll tell you that they love you, but their actions say they don't. See, again, domestic abuse is about what? Power and control. So the abuser will prey on or be attracted to people with these character traits because they are desperate for love, validation, and relationship. So it's like if you're walking in a room, you have desperate written on your forehead. So as they're looking for who can I control, who can I manipulate? It's like a, a laser going out and then they see it, dee, 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 
boom, desperate, written right on your forehead. He then he comes in and presents himself as a knight in shining armor, being friendly, being attentive, sweeping you off your feet, telling you everything you want to hear, trying to be your rescuer and filling the voids that are present in your life. All with the purpose to gain your trust so they can control you. So then they start slowly using a combination of those types of abuse that we talked about to break down your remaining self-esteem and self-worth. Because again, you're so desperate for love that you will do whatever it takes to keep that man. So if he says jump, you will say how high. If he says, I don't like your outfit, you change your clothes. If he says, I don't like your friends, you stop hanging around them. If he says, you know what? I think I prefer you to do this. You do it. Like you lose the things that you like about yourself. So you lose who you are to gain him. As a survivor of domestic violence, I share my story in my book, Rejected to Accept It, Learning to Love Myself After Adversity. Rejected to Accept It is an empowering guide to wholeheartedness. This book explores the personal triumphs and struggles I faced while embarking on my journey of self-discovery. After experiencing fatherlessness, domestic violence, and a series of failed and unhealthy relationships. More than a memoir, Rejected to Accept It empowers the reader to overcome the crippling effects of rejection and domestic violence. You learn how to love yourself and others the way God intended, and you learn how to create healthy patterns for future relationships. This book provides hope and inspiration. Maybe you have personal experiences that left you heartbroken or questioning your worth. Rejected to accept it will encourage you to allow Jesus to repair the shattered pieces of your heart with the glue of his love. Rejected to accept it is available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com in both paperback and ebook formats. Welcome back to the show. Now, let me give you four tools for overcoming domestic violence. So when it comes to overcoming domestic abuse, there are a plethora of ways to heal. The process of recovery is not an overnight one-time experience, but it could be revisited at any point in your life. I want to share some tools with you that I actually use to shift from being a victim to victorious over domestic abuse. Now, the first thing I did and I want you to do is to admit that you need help. This is the first step in the healing process because admitting that you need help breaks down the walls of guilt and shame that has been erected in your life. You realize that this situation is greater than what you can handle. And not only that, but then you start to tell the truth to others and to yourself. You see, your eyes are open to the fact that this relationship is actually killing you and it will never be what you imagined it to be in your mind. You exhibit the first signs of self-love and courage when you admit that you need help. By admitting that you need help allows you to gain the power back in your life and you will remember who you are and what you deserve. You will also receive the necessary support to get help The next thing I want you to do is forgive yourself. If you've listened to the last three podcasts, I have been saying this over and over and over. You have to forgive yourself. When you forgive yourself, you want to take the time to process your emotions and your situations with God and with trusted people. Forgiving yourself stops you from continuously condemning yourself for getting into that bad relationship. It helps you to start trusting your ability to make right decisions. 
You will stop blaming yourself for what happened. You will learn how to take responsibility for your present and future choices. You will no longer isolate yourself because of that shame of what happened. When you forgive yourself, you will start to reconnect with your family and friends and those who support you. And then you'll also learn not to minimize or deny your feelings. Be open to learn how to express and understand yourself from a healthy perspective. The next thing I want you to do is to get help. When you get help, you begin to utilize the available resources that were given to you to create your exit strategy. This is a significant step since you are walking into the unknown, but you are worth it. You cannot do this alone. There are so many ways for you to get help. An option would be to join a support group. By attending a support group, it helps to remove the guilt and shame surrounding domestic abuse. It also affirms that you are not crazy when you hear similar experiences from other women. As a domestic violent recovery group facilitator, I watched women transform right before my eyes and they found their strength, their self-esteem and clarity concerning domestic violence. Not only that, you can go to counseling. When you attend counseling, it'll help you to courageously face your problems and shortcomings and heal from them. Or you can get a spiritual director or a pastor that has domestic violent prevention training. Now, their role is to function like a midwife, to coach you through the healing process by asking you the right questions and help you enhance your spiritual life. Okay. And last but not least, I want you to dream again. Just because you've gone through a situation like this, it doesn't mean that your life is over. Spend some time remembering what you always wanted to do and go for it. There is nothing that's going to stop you. Overcoming domestic violence is the first step to the rest of your life. You can make it. Do not be afraid to dream again. Dream again. Think about the things that you want to do and go for it and begin to put your life back together. The Royal One Podcast is sponsored by Royal One Enterprise. Royal One Enterprise is an empowerment company that utilizes life coaching, Bible teaching, speaking, and consulting to equip women with the confidence to embrace the royal woman within. For more information, visit their website at www.royaloneenterprise.com. I will continue to say this over and over and over again. Domestic violence is not okay. If you or someone you know is involved in an abusive relationship, there is help available. Please call 1-800-799-7233 or go to their website at www.thehotline.org to get more information. I want you to know there is no excuse for abuse. Domestic abuse is about power and control. It is a learned behavior and you can either learn to give it or receive it. That includes any behaviors that intimidate, manipulate, humiliate, isolate, frighten, terrorize, coerce, threaten, blame, hurt, injure, or wound someone. Now there are nine types of abuse. Physical, psychological, emotional, verbal, sexual, financial, spiritual, property, and animal. Although physical abuse is the most notable because it leaves physical marks, the other eight types of abuse are just as painful because they leave invisible marks. People can get involved in abusive relationships for various reasons. Some include unmet childhood needs, experience trauma or abuse, possess low self-esteem or self-worth, have a fixing mentality, or be attracted to the emotionally unavailable man. 
When abusers present themselves, they will present themselves as knight in shiny armors, being well attentive, sweeping you off your feet, telling you what you want to hear and trying to fill the void present in your life just to gain your trust to control you. Now, there are four ways to overcome domestic violence. You can admit that you need help, forgive yourself, get help and dream again. No matter what you have experienced, you can live and experience a healthy, loving relationship. Do not let shame, fear, doubt, and hopelessness stop you from being free. You can do it. And as a survivor, I encourage you to love yourself more than that man and that relationship. You deserve more than what you are enduring. I want to say thank you for joining me for my fifth episode. I look forward to providing more encouraging content that empowers you to discover your purpose, embrace your identity and engage faith tenaciously. If you have any questions that you would like to be answered on the show about faith, purpose, relationships or anything in general, just email me at info at to ask your question. Make sure you like, subscribe and comment to the podcast. You can follow me on social media at Miss Royalty 143 on Instagram and Twitter and Dr. Lysandra Barnes on Facebook. Remember, you can purchase a copy of Rejected to Accept It online. Click the link in the show notes. You've been listening to the Royal One Podcast, where I empower women the royal way. Have a great day. God bless you. Bye.